0: How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the Barbel Forest podcast. Um, I'm Amber and I'm Jesse. Yep. I think we still need to introduce ourselves. Maybe. Yep. We're a paranormal podcast. We, we are. should probably introduce that as well. We do scary stories, various mysteries, cryptids, and you know whatever the fuck we just feel like talking about. <laughs> I'll probably do a cult. Yeah, you know I'd be interested because, because I'm also a watching a TV show about a cult right now. Are you? What show? It's called The Path on Hulu. I think I saw something about it, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's the most infuriating I want to watch show ever, though. Oh. Like, I get so angry at it. Like, I really do get so angry at it. There's a few shows like that where I'm watching it and I just get angry as I watch Actually, Mindhunter was a show like that for me. I just got so frustrated with the characters. That I would get so angry at them, I wouldn't want to watch it, but I wanted to watch it because it was still a good show. Yeah, no, I'm getting so angry at the characters and it's just like, what the fuck are you even doing? (laughs) Like, stop it. (laughs) Like, what does this have to do with the plot of the story besides you're already a bad person? Right. (laughs) Sorry if you guys can hear some jingling in the background. We have uh, Theo with us today. The podcast dog. The podcast dog. Speaking of Theo... Okay, so I really wanted to tell you the story before we started recording, but I thought I needed to show you the picture and maybe post it to like Instagram and whatnot. Oh yeah, you should do it. I was at work today, and I just receive a photo. My dad, my parents come and they let Theo out every once in a while, and like they'll bring their dog over and like he'll have puppy playtime with their dog, and they'll run around the yard and play in the little kiddie pool I have Theo. That's so and fun and get cute. Get muddy. Oh. And then play in the pool again and get the pool muddy. Theo's so, trying to get into my backpack right now. <laughs> okay. So I'm at work and my dad just sends this photo with the caption, your dog's a brat. He is sitting in oh, the window. Oh my God. That's above your kitchen sink. Yes, it is. He's sitting in the window above the kitchen sink because he wanted to come inside. That's, he is outside. He's outside. Did he, he knock your the screen out? oh my god (laughs) yes he sent me this picture and so my dad apparently (laughs) 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 like i had so many questions when i got this photo right and so my dad apparently went outside to try to get him out out of out of the window he gets him out of the window comes back inside and he's like he's working in the kitchen like he's working uh because we're redoing the kitchen right? right so he's working on the kitchen he comes into the kitchen, and Theo is already back in the fucking window again. <laughs> the good, like the funniest thing about this too is like Theo's not a small, small dog. Like he's not large, but he's like medium size. Yeah, he's thirty five pounds. You know, yeah. like the second time he hopped up into the window, he knocked the curtains off and he knocked the screen out completely. Oh god! <laughs> so he's just chilling in the window, like pretty much in the kitchen. Like, and so my dad. Picked him up and threw him back outside. (laughs) And this time he watched the (laughs) oak. Oh my gosh. And so there's like a concrete ledge, like right underneath, like the windowsill. It's pretty much the windowsill. And so apparently he'll jump up to get his front paws on that ledge and then he'll use his back legs and dig it into the brick. Oh my God. And climb up into the window. <laughs> he's like mountain climbing. <laughs> yes. He's, so clever. he's like climbing up into the window. And then my dad, he leaves Theo in the window. He goes back inside, scoops him out again. <laughs> like, and then while holding Theo, he shuts the window. <laughs> like, he's like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been wanting to, like, tell you about that all day. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so funny. He's the cutest little guy. And Brendan, like, I, I immediately pretty much sent the picture to Brendan. Oh, I would have. <laughs> right? The first response was, in all caps, what the fuck? <laughs> like, And he goes, why do we have such a smart dog? Like, he is the most hyper-intelligent dog. He is th-. so smart. Yeah, he goes... He goes, and he's such an asshole. (laughs) Like, he just uses his hyper intelligence just to be the biggest asshole ever. (laughs) He's such a cute boy, though. I know. Even though he did that, he's still adorable. Yeah. Yeah. When I was taking my notes for today, uh, Paco kept grabbing the corner of my notebook with his claws and trying to pull it away from me. And I was like... Are you serious? Like, he just wanted me to pet him, so my cat really likes belly rubs. Yeah. And he just wanted me to pet his tummy, but I was writing, and he didn't like that, so he kept trying to pull my notebook away from me. Our pets are brats. Yep. So, while I'm just squeezing Theo, I'm going to tell you about the story that I came across. Okay. Right? The news one you vaguely mentioned? Yes, the news one I vaguely mentioned. I'm going to read you the headline of the article labeled Woman Accused of Serving Lovers Remains at Barbecue. What? (laughs) Yes. So this woman in uh, Illinois, I believe it is. Illinois, Indiana. I can't really remember. And so she, Indiana, she injected her husband with a lethal dose of heroin before smothering him with a pillow and may be responsible for nine other deaths. Oh, my God. She was convicted of killing someone else last month. And then they're like, Oh wait, this could have been her most recent husband. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, um, her friends and family, the neighbors were like, Yeah, we were invited to a barbecue. I, I wholeheartedly believe that that might not have been ribs that we were served. Oh God. Yeah. So she literally, just cooked her husband. that's that's terrifying. I always have fears of people doing that. Oh my gosh, she is not a yeah. cute person. No, she's not. she looks like she terrifying. looks like a serial killer. You're like, yeah, I have that fear. I have a lot of irrational fears, and that's one of my irrational fears that someone's trying to feed me people. Someone's trying to feed you people. I just watched a Simpsons episode reminding me of this where it was, I think, it was the Treehouse of Horrors episode. I love where, those episodes. <laughs> where Homer accidentally cuts off his finger while cooking a uh, hot dog, and <laughs> I know this episode well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he pretty much just made like all in all, he pretty much eats his entire self, then turns himself into a restaurant using the remaining bits of himself. <laughs> I literally grew up watching The Simpsons. My that's my was my dad's favorite show when i was growing up yeah so i watched it so much which is funny because my mom will deny it to this day but i know it's true like i was allowed to watch the simpsons with my family but not allowed to watch sailor moon and that's why i've never seen sailor moon you weren't allowed to watch sailor moon no but i was allowed to watch the simpsons I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was younger, but, like, we had, like, a den with a TV yeah. in it. So, like, after school, like, the reruns on, like, one of the channels, <laughs> like, I just go and I sit in there, <laughs> like, and watch the reruns of The Simpsons. And yeah. then my mom would, like, finally realize where I was and then she'd get really angry <laughs> at me, but... Yeah, my mom says that that never happened, but I know that I was not allowed to watch Sailor Moon because I always really wanted to watch it and was never allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. But I was allowed to watch The Simpsons. So I know all of the episodes pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't really, can't really think of anything else that was significant. Yeah. Oh, I went to my sister's uh, baton competition. Oh, yeah. Uh, first one I've ever been to. It was surprisingly, like, I had was under the impression that I was going to sit there and be bored the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> because my mom goes to so many of them that she's like, you just sit in a gym for the entire day, and oh, it's like color guard competitions. Yeah, though. like there's a everyone has their own specific routines, specific music, like. but they're they do them in lanes, so you can you can watch people do them different because they're all competing for different things at different times. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's weird. it's it's weird, but it was still interesting to watch because it's these kids are so talented. Yeah. But my sister ended up coming in second to qualify to compete for a national title, so that was pretty exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So good job, Grace. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. Do you want to show how bad at this we are? (laughs) Yeah, let's get started. Okay. Uh, Here's the coin. See who goes first. Okay. I'm flipping it. I mean, it's Devin's job. Here, Devin. All right, Devin, flip our coin. You, oh, it is me. Yes. Okay. So what I did was I did the Belcourt Castle in Newport, Rhode Island. Okay, I haven't heard of this. Yes, I found. I just randomly found this. So after inheriting sixty million dollars in eighteen ninety, like sixty million in, in, in eighteen ninety money. Yes, sixty million in eighteen ninety money. Yes. <laughs> Uh Oliver Hazard Perry Belmont built a castle to resemble Louis Eighth style hunting lodge and the Belcourt Castle was built in nineteen 19- eighteen ninety four. It was uh twenty seven thousand square feet and it was set to be a summer villa. Wow. That that's a lot of square feet. Yes. It cost 30- $3.2 million to build, which would equivalent to today's money, $81 million. Holy shit. <laughs> this guy was fucking loaded. He was. He was a graduate of the Naval Academy at Annapolis and was a congressman of New York. Okay, so he's done, a lo- done some stuff. Yeah. He was a collector of many things. He collected carriages, coach horses, medieval manuscripts, stained glass, and armor. Well, like, if you had that money, though, wouldn't you collect things that were kind of elaborate? Yeah, I guess so. But, like, carriages? But you're gonna see how <laughs> elaborate this gets. He collects carriages and stained glass and medieval armor? Yes. He was. He liked his carriages so much that he was skilled in a four-horse in-hand carriage driving and would frequently drive about town. Oh, because he was just that extra. He's that extra. (laughs) Uh, He's mean. (laughs) um, The entire house was designed by Richard Morris Hunt, um, who was the designer for the mansions in the Newport area. Uh, He did not quite agree with Oliver's eccentric design ideas, but still eventually respected those ideas. Okay. (laughs) The castle had four wings, forming one large quadrangle... Quadrangle? Wow. Is that even a word? Devin's shaking her head like, yeah, that's the word. Keep going. <laughs> Whatever. Quadrangle. Qua- quadr- I can't. I'm looking at it and it's just not coming to me how to actually say it right now. <laughs> Devin's is nodding. it right? Devin's right? Oh, it is right? I feel like it was so wrong. <laughs> quadrangle does sound like a made up word. Okay, well, it's a forming a large quadrangle courtyard. <laughs> The quadrangle courtyard. Could be yes. a book. Yeah, it's book pretty title. much just a rectangle courtyard, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> and in the house, there was plenty of space to showcase his collections. The original plans called for 60 rooms in total. Wow. What are you um, going to do with all those rooms? But that's not what happened. Oh, is there more? It was pretty much just a lot of open spaces with one traditional bedroom and bath, no guest rooms, and no kitchen. What? What? right so it had one bedroom yes one bathroom his bedroom and just like the rest of the house was just open floor plan like ballrooms and everything yeah i'll get to it what the heck okay (laughs) the reason behind this was oliver would only be there for six weeks out of the summer uh he didn't think it was uh necessary like it wasn't necessary to add more space until like other people owned Okay. The, the place. So let's run down really quick, which took up most of this page, the extravagance of the castle. Oh, God. I'm ready. <laughs> this guy already sounds so extra. I'm ready. The entire North Wing was done in a French Renaissance style. The South, East, and West Wings showcased Elizabethan, English, and country German styles. Oh. So he's just going all out with different styles in different places. Yes. Okay. With the help of 300 European craftsmen, the central staircase was a French oak that took three years to carve. They carved out the staircase? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. So, he had an oval dining room called the Versailles Versailles Room. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yep. Yep. Okay. And it was painted... The ceiling was painted depicting Apollo driving the sun chariot through the sky. (laughs) I mean, he was obsessed with carts or chariots or whatever the fuck they're called. The dining room has a French Empire style columns with huge mirrors and mirrored doors in between. Oh, The (laughs) windows of the dining room also had mirrored shutters. Jesus, he just wants to look at himself too. He just wants to be able to walk down there and be like, "Hmm, there's me. There's me. Ooh, I'm looking good today." <laughs> In the Italian banquet hall, he had space to seat up to 250 guests at a time, and it was complete with 13th century stained glass windows depicting the 12 saints. <laughs> he has a style. Yeah. It's very extra, extra. 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 <laughs> He's so funny. Okay. Uh, (laughs) What else does he have? The French Gothic ballroom had a fireplace and 13th century stained glass. Ooh, how exquisite. I know. (laughs) His ballroom was so huge. It was 35 feet wide and 70 feet in length. Like, this is just his house, right? Let's just keep this in mind. Like, a normal, like, banquet hall ballroom size in his house. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Because he didn't have any other rooms in his house, so it didn't matter. Yes, and it had a 35-foot vaulted ceiling supported by steel beams. Wow. There was also on the second floor of the ballroom an orchestra box. Oh, just in case, Just you know? in case. You know, you gotta play music for when you're throwing bitches you a You need a live orchestra. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and then there was a spiral staircase that led up to the second floor area. There was a second floor. Yeah, well, that's where the orchestra sat. Oh, of the ballroom. Of the ballroom. We're still in the ballroom. ballroom. Oh, my God. (laughs) Could you imagine, though, being that orchestra, being like, look at me, I get to walk up this spiral staircase to this orchestra pit? Yeah, I guess so. No, but the story, it it gets even more extra. Um, (laughs) Like, it just gets, like, we're just, like, adding on the extra as we go down, okay? Um, That's pretty much all the history. He had exquisite taste. (laughs) Yes, even Thomas Edison himself installed the dining room indirect lighting in 1894 that's impressive that's crazy <laughs> yes so that's just some of some of the features of the castle I'm sure that was really expensive at that time too yeah well to 81 the... million dollars today yeah to get that lighting though put in it's just it's it's pretty much a complex is what we're at right now it's like a giant hotel but this no rooms. was all. To support his bachelor lifestyle. That's why there was only one bedroom. Okay. And one bathroom, because he didn't have anybody to share his life with him. He didn't want to uh, have a guest room that people can stay in, so they have to stay with him. Yep. I see how he's going. So he just throw these massive parties... I assume. Like, probably Great Gatsby style. Like, yeah, that's like... That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. He probably throws these extravagant parties, and he's like, hey, bitches, you want to come see the only bedroom in this house? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, this is my house, you know. Let me show you how cool my bedroom is. <laughs> but his bachelor lifestyle was only short-lived. Oh, did he get married? He found... I, I should have asked Devin how to pronounce this before we started. <laughs> so I'm just going to go for it. It only lasted a couple years when he met the love of his life, Elva. Uh, she was the wife of his best friend and business partner, William Vanderbilt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't date your friend's wife. <laughs> he got the money, too. <laughs> he can have whatever he wants. This is how this person lives. Oh, man, he. It. He can have whatever he wants. Oh, my God. Yeah, obviously. I want your wife. All right. (laughs) Here you go. Take her. And it was quite a scandal around the time because Elva and William had just finalized plans for an arranged marriage for their daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. And William had just given Elva an $11 million house for her 39th birthday. Oh, jeez. Before the divorce. So, like, (laughs) did they stay friends? (laughs) I I don't know. I did not look that close into that. I can't imagine that they did. (laughs) Just a thought. Just a theory here. Yeah, But, yeah, this didn't stop Oliver and Elva. They got married in 1896. Okay, but she was divorced at this point. Yeah, she did got go through the divorce. They did okay. go through a divorce, and they had a happily. They were happily married for twelve short years when Oliver died at the age of forty-nine in New York from septic poisoning from his appendix bursting. Oh, that's a shitty way to go. Yeah, and he wasn't even, like, home with his wife. Well, maybe he was home because he was a congressman of New York, so maybe he was, like, that's where he was at the time. Maybe. And who knows? That's a really shitty way to go, though. Yeah. And after his death, Alva continued to live in the Belcourt Castle. Uh, with her fortune, she was very generous to charities and supported the women's movements. Well, go Alva. Yeah. Yeah, Good. But she also loved Europe and would travel to there on a regular basis. All right. I mean, like, good good for her for giving her money to charity and women's movement and everything, but probably shouldn't have, you know, left your husband for his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Unless you hit, your previous husband was a terrible person. Like, uh, maybe he was a terrible person. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it was just love at first sight. After Oliver's death, um, Elva began um, modifying uh, Oliver's bachelor pad to be a more suitable home. (laughs) Did she add more rooms? (laughs) She added a kitchen and a passageway from the stable to the courtyard. didn't have a kitchen before? No, I already said that. I don't (laughs) know why I didn't register that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she transformed the carriage room, so like where he showcased his fancy carriages, into a banquet hall with the addition of an English library with carved oak paneling that looked like folds in cloth and a replica Haddon Hall ceiling that was in England. That seems really, really fancy. Yes. So I, this is the only picture I have because I was just like, what is Haddon Hall? (laughs) So, oh, I can't. As I knock over the mic. So the ceiling is like this weird plaster. Oh, I've seen those before in like hotels. It's like a plaster type ceiling with like a decorated circular design in it. Yeah. So this (laughs) library, for some reason, included four secret doors. Because you need a secret door in your library. Yeah, because this is Beauty and the Beast, right? Yeah, (laughs) I would... Definitely spend a lot of time in that library. She also renovated his study for her personal bedroom, so she decided not to sleep in the she old bedroom. She doesn't <laughs> want to sleep in his old bachelor pad. You don't know what went down there. <laughs> you never know. It could be like Hugh Hefner's. Oh. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> in uh, 1933, Elva died on one of her trips to Paris, and the Belcourt was inherited by Oliver's brother, Perry. Okay. In 1940, all of the movable collectible collections were taken out of the house and Perry had sold the the Belcourt out of the family. Okay. So he was just like I don't want this house anymore. Yeah. Mansion castle. Yeah owner who bought it wanted to turn the Belcourt into an antique auto museum and wanted to restore its home to its original structure and former glory. So like Oliver had envisioned it. So the batch back to the bachelor pad, (laughs) back to the bachelor pad, not like back to the original design with 60 rooms, but like back to the bachelor pad. Yes. The way Oliver had envisioned it. Oh my God. (laughs) But like, you're not going to have a kitchen. (laughs) How will you eat? There's only one, well, there's probably more than one bathroom. I assume there was just one bathroom, but, um... Maybe there is only one bathroom. Maybe there was only one bathroom. Like, oh, sorry, you have to walk through my master suite before you can use the bathroom. Sorry, you're at this party and you've had a lot of wine to drink, but I've only got one bathroom and there's a line all the way out the door. I know, people wait for that shit for, like, hours, people piss in the bushes. They'd be literally, like, waiting in his room, too. Like, I'm sure people are just like, oh, here's a trash can, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, so this new owner, um, unfortunately, short-sighted city officials decided that city zoning did not allow for an antique auto museum. And so the Bell Court was sold again and was rented to the military. Okay, so did they never did the renovation then because of that? No, or they never did the renovation. Okay. So yeah, it was sold to the military for use of storage. Like the stables were used to house like Vehicles and, like, repairing. Okay. Yeah. It's a nice place for you guys to chill. I know, right? After the war, they found no use for the building, so it got boarded up and fell into disrepair. Oh. They couldn't have sold it to someone? I mean, there probably wasn't a lot of people who wanted to buy a expensive castle. Yeah. So... It did jump a couple of hands. Like, I did leave some people out because it was just very short. And this history is already long and extra already to begin with. It's a lot of history. (laughs) So, um, it landed in a group uh who had the means to restore the building again. The Tinley family bought the home in 1856. They saw all of the possibility it could be by becoming a museum where the family could display their collections while adding more. God. Rich people have a lot of collections, apparently. I guess so. I mean, if I was rich, I'd probably collect a lot of things. Just pop figurines, though? Like, pop figures, <laughs> like some cool, like, crystals and gemstones, and... This is my meditation studio. Yeah, you know. And then I'd probably collect, like, dream catchers and weird random crap. I like little trinket things, too. So, you know, they'd just be everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. So, but the restoring process wasn't easy because of how poor conditioned it became. But they did preserve it after numerous changes and renovations and finally restored it to its former glory and began letting the public in for tours. Oh, okay. It was to see beautiful art, decor, their own antiques, and European treasures from 30 countries. I mean, that'd be kind of interesting. Kind of like a museum. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot to see and I'm sure it was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the visitors could come and see huge collections of Persian rugs, um, art and furnishings from the Orient and French, that's how it was in the article, Orient and French royal eras, or, like, places. Yeah. And numerous religious artifacts, um, statues, along with their large collection of armor. So pretty much, we're we're back to this building is just holding collections of things. Just hoarding things. Just hoarding things. Antiques and fancy crap. Ready to go back to being super extra? Yes. All right. The Italian banquet hall, they added a collection of chandeliers. Of course they did. Which featured a huge Russian crystal chandelier with 13,000 prisms at the center of the room and eight smaller Czechoslovakian. Czechoslovakian. Yep. There you go. Crystal chandeliers. Wow. That's a lot of chandeliers. Nine chandeliers and one of them's fucking huge. Yeah. This is the Italian ballroom. Why you got a Russian and Czechoslovakian chandelier? We needed the space. (laughs) We had nowhere to put my giant-ass chandeliers. (laughs) And why not a banquet hall where everyone can see them? Why don't you put them in your kitchen? Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) You do have one now, though. Oh, we do still have a kitchen. We still have a kitchen. They never changed it back. You know, they never changed it back. In 1975, the Tinleys transformed the Northwest reception room into a chapel and featured German Renaissance stained glass depicting saints along with other works of religious art. Seems like they have a lot of religious art in, like, themed things. Yeah. I feel like a room is, like, themed. Uh, It seems like it. Yeah. From what you've been telling me, it seems like, like, the rooms have themes. That's kind of like when I play Animal Crossing on my (laughs) Nintendo DS. I'm like, hey, this is my, uh, this is my fruit-themed room. (laughs) You have a fruit-themed room? I used to until I've been playing it obsessively for the last couple days and I don't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so in the 1980s, they began to allow various social events like weddings, concerts, and receptions in the building. Because it's that big. Oh, building. yeah, it sounds huge. It became a year-round home and museum. Uh, so many people wanted to tour the Belcourt Castle that the Tinley family began to hire people and give weekend tours. Oh, I mean, I it seems really interesting. Is it still around? Like, Yeah, you can tour it now. Oh, cool. So, by hiring people to help run the place, uh, their son Donald found love. In a hopeless place. In a hopeless place of running a museum. (laughs) (laughs) Devin just (laughs) stared at us like, are you kidding me? Yes, and so resulted in a marriage at the castle in 1961. Ooh. That'd probably be a nice place to get married. I know. All those chandeliers. I know, right? (laughs) Make some beautiful wedding pictures. The Tinley family ended up founding the Royal Arts Foundation and in 1969, they, well, in 1969, and they wanted to preserve the lost arts and historic creative processes. They wanted to offer public viewing exhibits of superb craftsmanship and artistry from their vast collections of Trevor treasures trevors trevors <laughs> their vast collection of trevors they have so many trevors there are just tons they of just them. hire all the trevors so that the trevors can sit around and be like hi i'm trevor <laughs> they only hire people <laughs> named trevor and they just have them sit in the ballroom <laughs> my middle name's trevor can i work here only if you go by trevor okay i can go here by trevor how much you pay uh five dollars an hour um, maybe not. It's like the 60s, right? How much was minimum wage in the wage? 80s? Oh, now. it's the 80s. <laughs> How much was minimum wage? I don't know. <laughs> Probably around there, right? I mean, it's like what 9 something now. All right. At least so we're here. nearing the end of the history. Woo. <laughs> Five pages. <laughs> in a room full of Trevors. <laughs> yes. So, the Royal Arts Foundation eventually hired a medium To raise funds and preserve the castle. Like, to, like, bring people in and do paranormal tours. Right. But they refused to share their own experiences until the medium presented her own experiences and proof to them. And apparently, it's a presentation that when you take a paranormal tour at the building right now, you can see it. It's, like, literally a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Harold, the father, because I never told you the names. Yeah. (laughs) Harold... The father and Ruth the mother, they spent the rest of their lives at the Belcourt Castle. Harold died in 1989 and his wife Ruth died in 1995, leaving their son Donald, who we've already talked about, yes. to run the rest of the castle. Though Donald did pass away in 2006, leaving his wife to in charge of the castle, she, stro- she struggled to keep the castle financially stable and eventually auctioning off some of the antiques in 2008. Okay. Uh she was unable to support the building and eventually sold it in 2012. Did they live in the building also? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was like a home and like a museum, a home museum. She just like Well, because like you can live like all the way in the north wing and then everything else is in the other wings and no one will know you live there. <laughs> yeah, for real though. But if you live there, do you just tour your own museum at night like creepily? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like, Like, oh, I need a snack. The kitchen's in the West Wing. (laughs) I am the person that, like, I hate the dark and the quiet and everything, and I'm terrified of everything. So, like, I'm the person that if I'm going to go, like, even to the bathroom at night when it's kind of quiet and, like, still, like, I will, like, run back to the room. (laughs) I couldn't imagine walking through this building at night. Yeah. Well, so now we're going to get to the hauntings. Oh, perfect. The actual hauntings. So there's a lot that goes on here. Okay. Virginia Smith was the name of the median, and she had identified 15 known spirits in the house. That's a lot of spirits. It doesn't even seem like a lot of them died there. No, and I'll explain why. Okay. Uh, the most haunted room seems to be the French Gothic ballroom. Disembodied voices can be heard. There was a time when a fe- young female tour guide was leading a group of visitors through the ballroom when she heard a male voice yell, get out, several times. This was all occurred during the summer session of the museum being open, and she felt so uncomfortable she never came back. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty terrifying to hear, like, someone screaming at you to get out. So, there is an entity of a monk. It is attached to a German wooden carving of a monk brought into the castle by the Tinleys. The male entity seems to appear in full monk attire, brown robe with a hood, and wanders around wherever his statue is located. Oh, so, like, spirits are attached to items here. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So. Yeah. But it makes, okay, it makes more sense. I was like, not a lot of people died here. I wonder how everyone's here. But that makes a lot of sense that, you know, things have been brought in from all over. Yeah. He first appeared at the end of the bed in Donald and Harley's room. Get out of here. In a semi-solid state wearing the robe. When his statue got moved near the first floor ladies' room, his figure was seen walking out of the nearby Grand Hall and into the ladies' room. Oh. So, like, you're (laughs) peeing and the ghost is just like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Like... (laughs) That would be so uncomfortable. It would be weird to just, like, be in a bathroom and then all of a sudden, like, a monk walks in. <laughs> this uh, entity has communicated through Virginia, the medium, and has told his wishes to be moved to the chapel. After he was moved to the chapel, a visitor saw his solid form preparing for Mass at the chapel. She asked Harley when the Mass would, was going to be held. Like, come to find out that there's no Mass, it's just for holding of religious artifacts. That's kind of interesting though. That the like it would make sense that that's where the monk would want to be like the most religious area of yeah, the building. Yeah, and to see him like actually preparing for a service. Yeah, that's right? It's crazy. There is a spirit of an angry knight uh is attached to a 16th century Italian armor battle suit. It is located in the French Gothic ballroom and he relives his death when he was speared through his helmet visor. Oh. Uh you can hear screams and shrieks of agony and all of the staff have heard this and it's most it mostly occurs during the month of March when when he was supposedly killed. Oh wow. His spirit communicated with Virginia and told that he has been left for dead by his fellow knights so he died alone with his wounds. Oh. Poor guy. I know, right? I mean I'm- at that time period, I don't know what much they could have done for him, being speared through the helmet. Yeah. During tours, his helmet is said to turn by itself. Mm, no. To check out strangers in the room. Stop. <laughs> don't move your helmet. <laughs> it's like a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I think this entire building is a Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, for sure. This is like, if you're watching a Scooby-Doo episode or a movie, this is where it would take place. Yeah. Yeah. So, there is a lady in the ball gown, which some people believe to be Elva Belmont, checking out the display areas. Oh yeah, she can be seen um, in the second floor gallery. The lady in pink is assumed to be Ruth Tinley, so the mother who right, purchased the house, because it is an entity of an older woman and has been appearing in Harley Tinley's room on occasion, perhaps visiting her daughter-in-law. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Has she ever seen the full apparition or then she would know if it was her. Maybe it's just a vague apparition or. It could be or it could be like maybe Harley doesn't live there anymore. That's possible. And so it's just still her room because like she did sell the building. That would make sense. Yeah. There are entities of two girls dancing in the French Gothic ballroom. This was reported by Donald Tinley. There is an entity of a British soldier in his dress uniform. There is an entity of a samurai warrior attached to items in Tinley's Asian collections. Um, He is said to be a scary looking person strutting around the collections and the art and furnishings from the Orient. He's probably intimidating. Yeah, well, he's a warrior. He's probably going to kick your ass, right? He's like, there is a male entity of an older man who is apparently accidentally Buried under the banquet hall. Oh, no. Uh, He has been seen around the area and in the banquet hall. It is said that where they built Belcourt, there there used to be a graveyard, and they moved most of the the sites, but they forgot someone. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I guess he gets to walk around some nice, like, Yeah, look how fancy this fucking place is. Yeah, like, you get to look at so much art. This wasn't here when I died. (laughs) (laughs) There is believed to be the entity of Donald Tinley, Guests at his memorial service, and workers in the ballroom have seen him looking down at them from the second floor, um, still perhaps being want- wanting to be a part of the castle. There is a female entity of a French queen, or, well, they don't know if it's male or female, so it's a French queen or king attached to two medieval salt chairs used by French salt chairs? I didn't. What the fuck's a salt chair, Devin? They were used by French royalty, and a strange electromagnetic energy has been known to push people out of the chair. Oh, that's not uncomfortable. (laughs) I I think it's the chairs that they, like, sit in where, like, I am royalty. This is my royalty chair. You know, I just, in my head picture, like, a whole chair carved out of, like, Himalayan salt. Oh, Okay. I don't think that's what it is. I don't think that's what it is either. (laughs) Devin? Do you have a consensus? It's literally a chair. It's literally a chair. Yeah, it's like, it's just a chair. (laughs) Okay, whatever, moving on. I may have did something wrong and it might not be salt. (laughs) Maybe. I I don't quite remember. I was doing this very quickly. I'm rolling with salt. We're going with salt chair. Himalayan salt chair. Yeah, it's made out of salt. If you light it up, it'll make you feel good. Yeah, you could just put a bulb in the bottom of it and plug it in. <laughs> like the whole chair glows. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> be kind of a sweet chair. <laughs> so, there is a mischievous entity in the English library and likes to borrow items for a while and then return them. Oh, just like let me let me borrow this here for a minute. Yeah, it's just like oh, you're like looking through the library and you set your phone down on a table and all of a sudden your phone's gone. And you're like, where the fuck's my phone? And then you get it back and since you borrowed it, there's like five calls to and like, like some Snapchats. Yeah, and like now you've got a really high phone bill because your coverage does not cover Rhode the Island ghost plane. <laughs> <laughs> I was going a different road with that. Okay. <laughs> my coverage doesn't cover Rhode Island. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like it couldn't get to the spirit realm or whatever. <laughs> Got it. So there is an entity in the maid's room on the third floor of the north wing that just likes to move things around the room. <laughs> so she just just didn't like where it was. Yep. Yeah. Well she's cleaning. Oh okay. she's busy. Alright. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> By the way, except for this last thing. So the building was featured on Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi. Um, the team investigated the Belcourt Castle multiple times, and some of the evidence they have captured uh, was hearing footsteps coming towards them and seeing footsteps register on the digital heat, like like res- oh. on the infrared camera. That's the, crazy. The heat, the thermal, is it a thermal? thermal. Thermal. I don't know. Yeah, sure. that one. That The one that does the things where it's different color First. temperatures. Yep. <laughs> so they saw footsteps up here on the thermal. I'm just going to go with that one. That's fine. Yep. There is a ton of fucking ghosts just chilling around. Yeah, it seems and like, like people it. Who put, like, so it's like people who put so much time and effort into the building or people brought in from the artifacts that they once owned. That they were tied to. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, though. That's so much going on there. Yes, this this building is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. What are we on the trend of just doing things that are a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so that is the Belcourt Castle in Newport, Rhode Island. And your ghost will not have, your phone will not have service in Rhode Island. Nope. My coverage doesn't cover Rhode Island. <laughs> Sorry, your service is inadequate in just Rhode Island. <laughs> Sorry, Rhode Island. <laughs> we don't hate you. It's awesome. There's so many haunted things here in Rhode Island. Oh, I can't wait to hear more of them. Yeah. We'll but, get to them eventually, but. Yeah, I was going to do more for Savannah, but I really wanted to talk about this story that I've got for you today. The Crescent Hotel. You may have heard the story before. Okay. It's a doozy. It is a doozy. It's a doozy. I don't remember it. It's not coming to me right now, but keep going. That's okay. I did a, a bit more history than what you've probably heard before. thought it was interesting. Okay. All right. We're just going to go with that. Got it. Let's just go with it. So the Crescent Hotel was opened in 1886 in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Arkansas. The hotel offered... Eureka. 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 Sorry. So the hotel offered large, airy rooms with exquisite furnishing... Furnishing... A dining room that seated 500 people and, an, and outdoor amenities, including a swimming pool, tennis court, croquet, beautifully landscaped gardens. So this is for the rich people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So we're doing rich stories. Yeah. This is the richy Rich ep- episode. This is the luxury <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a boardwalk, a gazebo, and guests could enjoy the healing waters of the spa, a stable of a hundred horses, tea dances in the afternoon. Not really sure what a tea dance it is. Sounds very hippie to me. Like, let's let's heat up some tea bags and stick them to ourselves and just dance, dance? naked I in. Don't <laughs> That's what happened. I thought like Let really the tea flow into your body the natural way. <laughs> I thought more like they had teacups and they danced really like smoothly without trying to spill the tea. Oh, like belly dancers, and they Mm -hmm. (laughs) They they balanced hot teacups on their head. They also had elaborate parties every evening with a full in-house orchestra. Okay, so this is also the Great Gatsby. Yes, this is also the Great Gatsby. Okay, so the hotel, the opulence of it at the time was unmatched. It was the place to be, and well-off families from all across the nation were flocking to this hotel. So, for the first 15 years, the hotel was operated by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company as an exclusive resort. They were like, "Eureka! This resort is exclusive to the rich." <laughs> That's exactly what they did. <laughs> However, after the turn of the century, people began to realize that the acclaimed healing waters of the spa did not really was just have <laughs> It's that made your skin dry. Yeah. <laughs> just dried you out, made Smelled you smell weird. <laughs> no, but it didn't have any of the curative properties that people thought it had. It Like, people weren't magically getting healed from their ailments. Little by little, people started to stop coming to the resort. So, you just... Ch- okay, so this resort's big selling point will cure your ailments. We- we've got a really cool spa. We're not just like, oh, look at this fancy fucking hotel. Why don't you come on vacation here? No. All the rich people are like, no. (laughs) I'll pass. (laughs) I'll pass. Because, like, it's not doing what it has claimed to do. It doesn't heal my eczema. It doesn't heal my soul. (laughs) And so, like, why would I go there if it doesn't heal my inner turmoil? Well, that's honestly, that's what I was thinking, too, because this hotel sounds like it was the place to be, like it was gorgeous and thriving. After people stopped slowly, slowly stopped coming, the, in 1908, the building was utilized by Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. So it would run the college during the fall, winter, and spring months, and then the, Resort continued to act as a resort during the summer months. Okay, so, like, <laughs> was this, like, our fucking dorm rooms? And then, oh, get the fuck out, the rich people are coming for the summer, like... It was it was treated as a boarding school, yeah. Okay. So people paid for it, and I'm pretty sure, like, they just went there, and it was, like, this. their school season was just the, the those months, and then they went away back home, and then it was summer and resort time. Yeah. This... It was kind to help compensate for the people not coming to the resort all year round anymore. The college was open to fine young ladies and those with athletic prowess. Girls from well-off families and from many states started attending the boarding school. And So lo- it's a rich kid boarding school. Yeah, but it also said local girls started attending classes as day students, but I don't think they stayed and lived in the building. They didn't get... The same treatment. Probably not. I bet the rich people drank sparkling water while the the peasants of the town surrounding just drank spring. Tap water. Just the tap water. (laughs) So tuition for the boarding school included, of course, room and board and courses. So at the time, it was about $270 to $375 a year. So in today's money. Okay, good. I know we like a good conversion. Uh, Yep. (laughs) So today's money, it would be roughly $7,477 to $10,386. For a semester. For, yeah, for the tuition. Mm. I think it's for the year. Yeah, a year. Well, then that's still cheaper than most community colleges (laughs) for a year, and you get to fucking stay there then. If it's for the semester, then maybe. (laughs) However, due to like due to tough economic times brought on by the Great Depression, the college closed in 1934. So, the resort after that remained only open during the summer because they continued on with that. But eventually, it was kind of it was failing. Not a lot of people were going anymore, and the Great because Depression rolled around. The spring didn't make me stop hating myself. <laughs> Okay, I don't think water's gonna make you stop hating yourself and that's what he was told it would cure all of my ailments, and I hate myself, and I believe <laughs> that that is an ailment. All right? And so when I sit in your bubbly pool, I should feel happier and not like the fat lard whale that I am <laughs> in my <laughs> in my size four dress. <laughs> I mean that's one that's one way to look at it. Maybe that's what happened. (laughs) So if you are interested in seeing or if to anyone who's interested in seeing there's a whole Facebook page dedicated to the stories of the girls who went to the college. Okay. It's called like the Crescent College History Project. I looked at it a little bit and it is kind of cool because you see like photos of the girls that went there and like a graduation cap and like you can see like P- people like family members, obviously, because they're probably not on Facebook, but they have written out accounts and things that, you know, what the girls did there when it was a college. Like Rush Week? Yeah, they probably. do. gotta definitely. rush your soror- sorority? If you... your floor, because this is like a hotel. They... Um, do you think each, like, wing and floor is like a sorority? Maybe. And, yeah. And, like, <laughs> the the ways for hazing would be, like... We're going to take these croquet mallets and beat you with them. I wasn't thinking that bad. I was just thinking, if you don't hit this in one shot, you're not in our sorority. If you can't jump this barricade on this horse, you're out. We're the horse sorority. (laughs) This is the equestrian sorority. (laughs) Do you think they had sororities based on, like the outdoor activities that they could do we are the spa sorority and so uh, we're strictly tennis huh. we love to work on our tennis game and our short skirts all right <laughs> ready for it where it gets dark uh, yeah i guess so yeah. i guess we can make start start making some uh dark side of jokes so, three years later, in 1937, Norman Baker purchased the Crescent Hotel. Oh, I thought going to say Norman Bates. <laughs> like, no. I was like, oh, shit. Norman Baker purchased Bates. the hotel and turned it into Baker's Cancer Curing Hospital. Oh, super. So. Did b- they cure it with the spa? <laughs> nope. Okay. I will tell you how they cured it. So, before I get into, like, what the hospital was and the cure and whatnot, I want to tell you about Norman Baker because he is also a person. Oh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's colorful. Oh, he's a colorful person. He's just, he's very, like, extravagant in a way, in his own way. Okay. So, Baker is usually described as having his career as a, like, start out as a vaudeville performer. Okay. He also showed an early promise as an inventor. He just liked to do all the things. Gotta yeah. keep going. But he really, you know, got into radio broadcasting. So on his radio show, he broadcasted his anti-Semitic views, anti-Catholic views, and would go on paranoid rants. He would go on political rants, like about his opinions. He denounced the American Medalist Medical Association, and he would play country music. He he owned a cancer Okay. Yeah, we're but getting there. But would, would the would the FCC wouldn't let him be? No.
1: <laughs> this was before he owned the uh, the okay. hospital.
0: Okay. Baker also had an obsession with the color purple. He purple drove way. a purple car. Sorry. He drove a purple car. That sounds like Prince. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he had a signature outfit, which was a white suit with was a just lavender a pimp tie. In general. <laughs> So, it was a white suit with a lavender tie and purple suspenders. He loved the color purple so much that when he remodeled the Crescent Lake Hotel after he purchased it, he painted the walls purple and put purple blinds in the windows. Uh, uh, There's, like... I like purple. Like, my laptop's fucking purple, but that's too much purple. It's a lot of purple. There's remnants of purple paint that can still be seen in the building. Uh, I bet it just bleeds through the walls. (laughs) It's so much purple. (laughs) So, Baker decided that he could cure cancer, and he didn't have any medical training at all, but he thought, like, he could for sure do this. Okay, I'm w- I'm waiting for it. So, he thought he could cure it with a series of injections. He believed that the injections would eat the cancer without harming the surrounding tissue. Injections of... I'll, I'll get there. All right. He claimed that he could cure cancer in as little as a few weeks with a hundred percent guarantee and he did not use radium operation or x rays. Well then how do you know where the cancer is? I don't know. Okay. Because there is How a- do you know they had cancer? They were, like, cancer patients heard about his place and came to him. Yeah, because they, they came from everywhere, like, all over to try to get to this Ugh. hospital because he had a 100% guarantee that he could cure your cancer. 100% guarantee doesn't go with the reviews on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't use Operation, but I find kind of conflicting things on this because he had another cure that seemed to involve Operation, but I'll get to it. Okay. So... His miracle cure, are you ready? I am so ready. It was a mix of corn silk, which we looked up, it is the, like, silky fibers in corn. Yep. Alcohol, carbolic acid, and watermelon seeds. Oh. All right. That's what he's injecting into you to cure your cancer. Vegetables. Yep. <laughs> and some alcohol. <laughs> um, so the cure- Well, a fruit and a vegetable and some alcohol. Yes. You know eating healthy and alcohol and you'll feel fine, I guess. So, there's also a thing that said that he had a cure for brain tumors. This is the (laughs) one that I'm, uh, like, iffy on, like, because it said he doesn't do operations, but I don't know if he had people who did them for him and this was just his cure or whatnot. But the cure involved peeling back the patient's scalp and pouring a mixture of boiling water and ground watermelon seeds directly onto their head. Oh my god! And they lived? People no. lived? No, no, no one survived. No. They, they, they okay. did not live through that. Okay. So as you, it's expect, worse than Tepen Nation. Yeah, as you would expect, a lot of them died. Okay. <laughs> So since he had a hundred percent guarantee for curing his patients, he would kind of well, because- <laughs> hide the bodies. Yeah. My hundred percent guarantee. Don't look over there in the corner where I jumped all the bodies. <laughs> but like I will guarantee you, you will maybe die. <laughs> but you won't have cancer anymore. Yes. Because you'll be dead. You'll be dead. <laughs> so it won't matter. He hid the bodies until he could burn them because he didn't want the other patients to kind of well, find yeah. out. He was making a lot of money off this hospital. Fuck him. So meanwhile, the press was like ready to get the coverage on the first cured patient and like make this big deal. And it never came. So to- Well, it was a lie. To kind of cover up that they were dying, he kind of like told people that the cases that couldn't be cured were sent to an asylum because they were an extreme case that, you know, he couldn't treat. And this is something that like I saw he- I think actually thought that the only reason that he couldn't cure those people is because their cancer was too extreme. Hmm. Uh, but they were dying. Yep. So in reality... The cancer got them. The patients were dying. Um, he also wanted to cover up his failures by... He would send letters to the victims' families and pretend that they were still alive, like kind of write to them like, oh, I'm at this asylum. I'm so happy. They couldn't cure my cancer. I'm here now. I'm not there anymore. No. So no one would catch on to them disappearing. No. Who has the time? You're (laughs) like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, you have the time to write all of these letters to these family members, and yet you're still murdering bitches with your watermelon seeds and boiling water. (laughs) Yeah. I Honestly, though, at this point, I don't... He probably... He was making so much money off of it because... Anyone – people who had cancer were like, he can cure me. I'm going here. You know, but obviously that wasn't happening. So Norman Baker was eventually arrested for fraud. Oh, good. Finally. Investigators discovered that he made roughly $4 million at the time, which I didn't look up. I'm sorry, but I know it's a lot of money. And this was near – this was still near the time of the Great Depression. So people were still in really economic hardships and he's making – he's raking in money. Yeah. Yeah maybe not 80 mil- million maybe not so he was jailed in 1940 and he was sent to jail for 4 years however he however he only served 3 years fuck that after he got out he bought a three story yacht moved to florida oh my gosh what and then ironically died of liver cancer in 1958 haha <laughs> haha i saw another thing that said like one of his um colleagues also died of cancer Just thought it was kind of like the Just Desserts for them. (laughs) So after he was rested and everything, the hospital was turned back into a hotel. Okay. There's actually on the Crescent Hotel's website, there's a whole timeline of events that happened. They have it just, here's like, here's a link to our timeline. Um, they weren't as fascinating as those ones, so I'm just going to move on to the ghost. Okay. <laughs> so the first ghost dates back to the building of the hotel. Building of the building. <laughs> Got it. In 1885, a young Irish stonemason named Michael fell to his death while seemingly trying to get the w- the attention of a young woman. I'm like, hey girl, what up? Yeah, he was like just hanging there doing his work and he's like, hey girl, hey, hey, hey girl, hey. And then he fell. <laughs> Um, This is actually. He definitely got our attention after that. I guarantee you. Oh, for for sure. Um, his death is actually marked on their timeline. Oh, okay. So he fell into what is now Room Two Eighteen. It's Two Eighteen. That's the second floor. (laughs) Well, I guess they're building it. They were constructing it at the time. This room is now one of the most commonly requested rooms and the most haunted. Okay. Michael's pretty active. He (laughs) likes to play pranks. And he likes to hit on all the bitches? He does like to grab butts. Oh, he does. Good. He does. (laughs) Michael likes to bang on walls um, and turn the lights and the TV on and off. He grabs Mm. butts, like I already said. Uh, He likes to mess with the maids and, like, hang on to carts or things that they're trying to pull along so that they can't move them and then let go. (laughs) (laughs) He's just bored. He's bored. (laughs) Um, The maids can tell him, though, like, Hey, I'm working. Stop, and he will. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Michael. God damn it! <laughs> Can you just let me pull my cart down the hallway like this one day? I am not. I'm sick of your shit today. <laughs> you know, just leave me alone. I had a bad morning. So he will also show up in the mirror and try to grab out at guests. Oh, uh, oh no, <laughs> no, no, no! That's where we cross the line, Michael no he's just like fun loving and trying to play no. pranks and then he's like oh let me get you no that is when i am unlucky for seven years because that mirror is fucking broken <laughs> okay <laughs> paying damages to the hotel yeah be like um yeah you can keep my deposit goodbye <laughs> and like in the summer he likes to turn the heat all the way up and in the winter he likes to turn the ac on oh okay uh, just, like, in the building in general? or just, like I think in r- that room. You know how, like, oh, they yeah. have, like, their own room thermostats? I'd be so pissed if I was sleeping in the summertime and all of a sudden the heat got turned on <laughs> and you just s- wake up and you're just dripping. Oh, I would be like, so annoyed. And then it doesn't, like, fade right away, the heat, either, when you turn that off. <laughs> like, Yeah. So people who stay here will also report that the doors and windows will open by themselves. Okay. There's also a second ghost in 218. Okay, Um, so Michael has a friend. He doesn't need to be fucking with other people. But his friend kind of seems, like, grumpy, so. Oh, he's a grumpy friend. He kind of seems angry and, like, you know, eh. Kind of creepy, actually. Okay. So. Does he just sit in the corner and stare at you because that's my worst fear? (laughs) No, he doesn't sit in the corner. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Devin. Devin's like. Where's the, where, come on, keep going. So he's thought to be the lead physician at the hospital, and room two eighteen used to be his office. Mm. So he likes to um kind of mess with the guests as they're sleeping. Like he mm. he's more fond of annoying the guest while they're sleeping than anything else. Okay, Michael's um, just more of fucking with them while they're awake. Yeah. Okay. So he will stand over guests and watch them as asleep, and apparently he has glowing eyes. No. No, because he <laughs> got the, the devil in him. Devin's <laughs> over here shaking her head, too, like, fuck this. He oh, the devil in him because he did such awful things. I don't want to stay at this hotel ever, by the way. Okay. Uh, he will push guests out of the bed while they're sleeping. And I'd be so angry. I uh, If you ask, Brendan, I am such a grumpy person when I am woken up. <laughs> This one's going to make you even more angry. Okay. He will wait until guests are just about to fall asleep and then shake them violently until they wake back up. That's what I wish I could <laughs> slap a fucking ghost across the face. Uh, one guest reported this happening to him and then, like, heard footsteps running away towards the door. <laughs> like, what a dick. That's such a Douche thing to do. He's got nothing better to do. Michael's picking on women and slapping their butts, and he just wants to knock people out of bed. He's like, hey, don't go to sleep. Ooh. I had an idea. Sorry. <laughs> 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 he's just trying to wake you up because he feels like he's murdered you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he was a physician. He was. He didn't want you to die of cancer. He didn't want you to die of <laughs> boiling water and crushed up watermelon seeds. So terrible. He's like, wake up, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the second most haunted room is num- four hundred and nineteen, okay, which is known as Theodora's room. Okay, so Theodora was Theodora's room. The- no, it's not your dog's room. It's his room. He deserves it. <laughs> okay, well it's really haunted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's actually this is the more more of the room that I'd be more okay with staying in. So okay. it's okay. So Theodora was either a nurse or a cancer patient back when it was a hospital. Okay, one of the two. Um, she's frequently seen as an older woman fumbling for her keys outside of the room. Okay. So she'll just be looking for my keys, trying to get in my room. Okay. She's known to organize things in messy rooms. She doesn't like clutter. Like, she doesn't like the disorganization. That was fine. She's also packed guest bags for them. Uh, I'd be okay with that if I was leaving. Uh, one re- One account that I saw... Like, the couple, like, fought in the room while they were unpacking, and then they went downstairs, and they came back, and their bags were packed waiting by the door. No, because that (laughs) bitch is like, nah, you guys leave. Like, I don't want to listen to you guys arguing this entire weekend. Don't disrupt me. This is my room. (laughs) I'm letting you stay here. Yeah. Doors to this room will also open by themselves, and people have felt something, like, kind of brush past them or, you know, something. Yeah. So visitors at the hotel will also get touched, pinched, poked, um, prodded, prodded <laughs> their skull, boiling water open. suddenly on their head. <laughs> the squeaking sound of a gurney has uh. been heard being pushed through the morgue, which is still a area set up in the place because they do haunted ghost tours here. Okay. So like I can just lay on the haunted gurney. Well, while well, you take a picture like I'm dead. The original autopsy table is still in the morgue. Mm, Along no, I'm not going to do that. with jars of preserved body parts that were found during renovations. They also oh, we found- Oh, just kept them? Yeah, you know, keep it kind of creepy. Got it. They also found skeletons in the walls during the renovations. I don't think they kept those. Okay. Was that like the ones that like he didn't get a chance to burn? Possibly. <laughs> The morgue is also kind of, it's known as the portal. Mm. Guests will turn pale and faint, and it's like the lobby area that's above the morgue, but it's on top of the morgue. Okay. Um, people that this happens to recover pretty quickly, but there really isn't an explanation to why it's happening. Okay. Uh, Question. Yes. How many portals of hell do you think there are in A the A million. World? So many. <laughs> Heard about it so many times. Also, the fainting really only happens in that spot. Okay. Guests report seeing, hearing, and feeling apparitions during their stay. Baker was said to have large dogs that he kept for protection. Like mm-hmm. I told you before, he was really paranoid. So, his office was also kind of bulletproof. Like he had made it bulletproof, and there were two guns that hung up in his office for like easy grab. Oh, okay. So he could just grab them and like shoot anyone. He also had... Because tra- he knew he was an awful person. Oh, yeah. For sure. He had to have. Uh, he also had a trap door and tunnels in case he needed to escape. Mm, I don't like tunnels. Tunnels are creepy. Luckily, I don't know much about these tunnels. That's good. So we're moving on. Some guests have reported hearing scratching and howling that could be heard in the staircase outside of um, the room that's known as like the Baker Suite. Uh, ba- so that's a suite where you can just hear dogs, nails just... Scratching and howling yeah all night all night all night I would be so mad because I get so mad at Paco when he scratches at things in the middle of the night Uh, Baker himself has been seen in the hotel in the rec room near the basement he's also been spotted kind of at the bottom of the stairs and people say that he tends to look kind of confused and lost like he doesn't know what's going on Uh, a chef in the building has reported multiple occurrences okay He's seen a little boy in glasses and, like, an old-style clothing skipping through the kitchen. Okay. So, like, his mother probably died of cancer. Uh, Maybe. He also saw... So, one day when he went to, like, open the kitchen, as he was opening, pots and pans began flying off the hooks at him. Hmm. So, maybe it was the little boy. Maybe this little boy just doesn't like him. Yeah. Who knows? There was in... This is an account from one of the tours... So a three-year-old girl went on the tour with her family. Okay. And she started saying, bye-bye, baby, bye-bye, baby, and waving goodbye in one specific direction in a room. And from what I saw in my thing, it said the it was the morgue. Okay. No one could see who she was talking to, and she had been silent the entire tour up until that moment. Mm, nope. No. Nope and out of there. Nope. One woman went to the restroom, and as soon as the door shut behind her, she loudly proclaimed, like, I don't believe any of this. And And then a monk appeared and handed (laughs) her a towel? (laughs) It was a monk. (laughs) No, actually, as soon as she did this, water started pouring out of the ceiling, Oh, and maintenance could not explain where the water came from. Oh, okay. Yeah, the ghost was like, you don't believe this? Fine. Here's all this water that was poured on my head when I was a patient here. This is an awful thought to think about. Right now. It's so sad. Today, the hotel is still open. Uh, they have spa, dining, they offer a venue for weddings. They also, you know, have ghost tours. So, their website has a photo gallery of some of the ghosts, and I'm about to show you a few of them. Okay, super. Are you ready? No. Okay, well, too bad. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so so this is the first one. Oh, it's Grandma. Yeah. Is Grandma looking for her keys? It's, grandma, I'll help you find your keys. It's an image of a woman at the end of a hallway, and the caption on it says that she was not there at the time of the photo being taken. But it is a very clear woman. Yeah. Like, it's a very but clear But she looks image. like she's wearing a nightie. Or, like, a, like a Victorian-style dress. Yeah, she looks like she's wearing like, some old-style clothing. Like, it doesn't look like someone just, you know... snapped that in the 90s, you know? Right. like She ain't wearing no bell-bottom jeans, I can tell you that. So here's an image of kind of, like, a ghostly hand. Which I was trying to figure out if this one could be a false image, but there's no hu- no, no one in the picture. Yeah. It could be an overlay, but that's about it. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. It's very... Firmly a hand. Like, yeah, it's that's a very, hand. Yeah, uh, it's very handy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a an image of a figure that is in a window, and the person says that they were not reflecting in the window. If you zoom in on that figure, it's, like, you can see its face pretty clear, and it does not look, like, human. It looks very, like, spirity. <laughs> well, it also looks like a weird thing on... Because they're like, the, oh, the window, like... There's, like, crossbars on the window, right? Like, right. I don't know what they're called. Like, the weird window decorative accents, you know? It's so, it like, where it looks like it has eyes, it sort of looks like just still part of the window, though. Right. But, yeah. All right. There's a few more images that you can see of, like, there's a spirit in a door frame. These ones kind of circle it out. This one's a little harder to see. This next one is, um, you can really see it looks like someone standing in that back window. Oh, do you think it's Michael? I bet it's Michael. Oh, maybe it's Michael. Look at his snazzy little uh button up. Yeah. It's like checkered pattern. It's, it's very clearly some like someone is kind of standing there. Yeah. Alright, this is the last one, and I literally Is this the one I'm gonna have nightmares about tonight? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this one's real or not, but I saw this and I noped the fuck out of this picture for a minute. I literally gives me the chills to look at. Oh my it. gosh. <laughs> It's so weird. Where is this? Do you know where this is? Uh, What, the staircase? Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's a staircase. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a little creepy. So the picture is some bars of a staircase and there's just a face looking down through them. It's like, hey, what are you doing? I think this was like the first image in their photo gallery. Oh, was it really? Yeah, if you want to see any of these pictures, the photo gallery, it's... Well, like it right could, that still could be a person, right? With a it shit, could it could be a real person with a shitty camera and a flash because of the glowing of the eye. Yeah, it really could be a shitty like the facial features seemed really kind of squished and like um, blended. I mean, it could be like I think it's just it looks so like flat. Like it doesn't look like there's a lot of depth to. The person there but or besides the eyes yeah yeah but it is st- like it still could be a real person it's just that one i looked at that <laughs> after doing all this research and i was like no <laughs> no yeah so that is the, the crescent hotel okay it's pretty dark i heard about this story and i was listening to the, that podcast and, and that's why we like, drink eureka and i was like I have to tell Jesse about this. I don't know if you. I couldn't didn't know if you. I mean, I know you listen to their podcast too, so I didn't know if you'd heard this one or if you remembered it. Uh, Well, I did not remember it. There, there's some because I listen to podcasts while I'm at work, and so sometimes my mind is more distracted than like it usually is, and I just keep moving on to the next podcast because like. I've tried re-listening to like the podcasts that like I got distracted during. And the parts that you and heard before are just like, annoying. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, I do the same thing. I did listen to this podcast though a second time just to hear because I wasn't really paying attention to some of the first times and I'd only kept ca- caught up on like certain things that I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a dark place. I don't I know feel like my story was a little lighthearted today. A little, little more lighthearted. Yeah, you don't have anyone murdering people by no. telling them that you could cure cancer. No, but it's just being extra. Yeah. The other and thing. owning all the things. A lot of extra. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that's it. Yeah. How are you feeling after that? I'm okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's all we have for the day. For the day. Um, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, The Marble Forest. You can find us probably on most podcast places. Yes. So you can email us your stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear them. I want to hear stories. We I want, want you to. to make my skin crawl. Yes. We have this... Our podcast room has this creepy window that I sit across from, <laughs> and every time can- it gets dark, I just picture things popping up in this window. I'm not gonna lie. So make this worse for me, please. Oh, yes. You know, one of these days, I'm just going to like put something that like blows up in the wind at the window. I will cry. (laughs) I watched a giant bee fly by earlier and I was like, what is that? It's a bee. It was a bee. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast. Uh, You could probably see the picture that we're going to post of Theo sitting in the windowsill. You can. That will be there. And you can find us at Twitter. At Twitter? On Twitter? At the MF... Doing the Twitter? Yes. (laughs) You can find us at the MF cast. We would like to give a special thank you to Jenna for creating our awesome logo, which we have hung in our podcast studio it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and as of course you've probably seen because it's just right there it's our it's our logo you've seen it you've seen it if you've clicked on us you know (laughs) oh thanks jenna you're the best yeah you can find her on etsy at agenda Uh, jen like jenna duh like d-u-h yeah and you can also find her on instagram at the same name You can. And her art is really cool, so definitely check it out. Yep, and i like to thank my cousin Cameron for the awesome music that you've heard. Alright, well, um, thank you also to, you know, you guys for listening. And thanks to Devin for putting up with our shit and looking up shit for us on the fly because we don't research enough. And just try to be more extra in life because you just seem to be a better person. Yeah, be extra, you know... Are we going with that for our, our no, the, we're for no, we're don't, not. Don't don't tempt fate. Oh yeah, don't tempt fate. Yeah, don't don't tempt. Is that going to be our outro? <laughs> I don't know. Are we going with it? I think we should go with it. All right, let's be more firm with it then. Yeah, we're going to be firm with it. Yep, so don't tempt, tempt fate. Fate. Oh. oh, we're saying it together. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, try it one more time. Oh, oh okay. You know, don't tempt fate. <laughs> oh, yep, I totally missed that. And so, yeah, don't fuck with shit. Don't, don't tempt fate. Don't. And we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.